Ah, all right. Well, I uh, <coughs> was on some some monitoring duty or something last week, so I missed the class. And the week before, I was down in Texas, so I missed that <coughs> class. So I'm like two weeks missing the class. You're not been You're two weeks behind on your sanctification. Two weeks behind, but <laughs> we were, we were th at least, believe me, if, if that was true. Anyway, so... Um, uh, but I listened to the recordings of the class, so uh, that helped me. Uh, that helped me get uh, the con get up, stay up, stay up with the class, and uh, you know, I, of course, I we're, we're we're reading a book to kind of help us think what what talk to talk about from week to week in here, <laughs> and that helped me understand what you know what what we talked about uh, versus what's in the book uh, last week and the week before. So um, now. If, Maybe some of you are busy thinking, oh my gosh, now we're going to spend the first, like, 45 minutes of class with Sheldon recapping us back to week one. <laughs> but, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm only going to recap the last two weeks. So, uh, those of you who have been in here either one of the last two weeks, you'll have to help us. Um, uh, I, I listened to the recording, so I got an idea what was talked about, but I did want to do a little recap of the last two weeks. I thought they were pretty important weeks. And I think I would say the the uh, the subject of the last two weeks was uh, what means does God and with the Holy Spirit use in the process of conforming us more and more to the image of His Son? What means like uh, conditions? You know, like if you're going to grow a plant, <clears throat> this is a easy analogy that the plant needs conditions. Yeah, I tried to grow plants water. when I was in college for some reason I said hey, it'd be cool to have a house plant in my room <laughs> and I uh, got a house plant that was poor thing but what we learned was some house plants are better in a dorm room than others uh, and uh, it's the you conditions. Cactus would have been would have been ideal. <laughs> Something that could tolerate absolutely no care at all. No, no watering, no nothing. The cactus doesn't even need sun for a long time. So just like a house plant or a plant in the yard, I mean different plants. Like we can grow some kinds of plants in Tennessee outside and others won't grow. Um, azaleas, right? It's, it's, you would think, am I wrong? Can you grow an azalea in Tennessee? I think not. I don't know why. It's just barely. We can grow rhododendrons. They grow wild, but no luck. That's why some slight difference in the conditions. All right. So what were the? What are some of the means uh, that God uses in the process of sanctification for us that we talked about uh, last week or the week before? <clears throat> Anyone? I think there were six or eight. The Word of God. The Word. Word of God. That's probably the first one we talked about was the Word of God. Uh, okay, that's this, right? The Bible. And uh, and and by what channels? <clears throat> so the Bible, um, I got one right here. We got one right there. So we got that. We got we could read it, right? How else can he use the word or does he use the word to work on us? When you gather together with other believers, you're, you're usually in the Word, studying the Word. You can hear the Word priest. Studying it together. So putting you in the environment of other believers within, within the church. Yeah, okay. Studying it together. Uh, it's uh, it, it, getting it preached at you, right? Every Sunday morning. Uh, <clears throat> that was one of the real blessings of my life as we grew up. My parents were always taking us to churches. We moved a lot. We moved a lot. But where we went, my parents would look around and find a church I'm where sorry. they did. Oh, no, come on in. Is this a sanctification? This is sanctification. sanctification. Yes. Yes, it's a different teacher. You have no idea how different. Yeah. Okay, so come on down. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, where the, we would get preached at us. Out of the word. I mean, it would be like our topic for today would be, and it would be some scripture passage every time. Very similar to this church. 
all the time. So it gets preached at us. Um, and and how does the? I mean, we can study it. Also, on our set, we can read it. We can we can do personal Bible study. We can memorize it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. If you memorize something, you can meditate on it without having it in front of you, or you can have it in front of you and read it, read it, and think about what it means. Meditating. Pay attention when the Holy Spirit applies it. Oh. To me, that's. Yeah. Sometimes I miss it. <laughs> right there yeah. in my notes, the Holy Spirit convicts using Scripture. Yes, right. He does. So we're reading Scripture, and all of a sudden, something like Whoop! catches us. Conviction. Well, that's the Holy Spirit using what we just read, or what we just heard from the uh, preaching, to convict us of something. So, uh, the law of God is in the Scriptures. You can read it. It's all in there. And the Holy Spirit uses that to convict us of sin. Which is one of the main things we're talking about in sanctification, right? We're talking about uh, being more and more aware of our sin and therefore uh, avoiding it more often mm. by awareness and practice, okay? Uh, what was the second one or another one that we talked about last week or the week before? Means... Prayer. Prayer. That was exactly the second one, according to my notes. Prayer. Uh, now, how does, the, uh, how does the Holy Spirit use this prayer? To conform us to the image of Christ. Sometimes when you're saying something out loud, <laughs> you hear the way it sounds and you realize, I'm not praying to the right end here. And he convicts you of what it is that you're asking for. If you're asking for something that aligns with the will of God versus not. It's amazing, isn't it? This happens. This happens if we pray when we're praying sort of in the when we're engaged in it that that could happen I have the, this happens to me is so strange <clears throat> we'll just one of the times I pray every day is before dinner and you would think that's just just a routine almost all I mean almost every time a thing that I should pray for will come into my mind and it is unrelated to the dinner I confess to you about half the time I say that is unrelated to the dinner I'm not praying about that right now but that is I think that's that kind of thing happening okay I mean I'm being grateful usually it's something something that I've it's, it's I think because I'm starting to pray and I've said sometime in the past few days I'm going to pray for you about that those are the things that occur to me well if I don't pray for it right now I'm going to have to pray for it pretty soon so a lot of times, well, not a lot of times. Every so often, I'll just overcome my resistance to being steered while I'm praying, <laughs> and go ahead and pray for this thing unrelated to the dinner. Yeah, prayer. That's the Holy Spirit is making me more sensitive to what I should be praying for. Okay, prayer. Uh, I mean, one thing is Jesus uh, did a lot of praying, so praying. Uh, Speaking to God about what was happening right then, or what God would want to be happening. Uh, if we're being conformed to the image of Christ, and you think about what was Christ like, that was in one of our lessons, lesson three or something like that. What was Christ like? Well, Christ did a lot of praying. So our prayers, uh, praying, Christ did the thing. If we want to know what pray without ceasing means, that's kind of how, you, that's the feeling. He was always about this close to praying, or very conscious of what God would have him ask for in the moment. <clears throat> yeah, prayer is consciously depending on God, which can, which if we, we, don't, we won't look up scriptures about prior lessons, but that's Jesus often said, I don't do anything unless the Father shows me to do it. So that constant awareness of what God would be doing or have you be doing, it's prayer is, is a form of consciously depending on God. Right. We we'll take a moment to remind ourselves how much we depend on God. That's why we're praying. If we weren't depending on God, why would we be praying? So, <clears throat> and one other thing about praying um, that I think y'all might have touched on is um, we can pray for sanctification. 
We can ask God to conform us to the image of His Son. And that is a prayer that we know for a fact is in the will of God. We're not praying for something that's just our idea. We're praying for something that we know is His idea, that He wants to make happen. And so prayer is a, is a direct means of it work God uses or to conform us to the image of the Son, because we can ask for that. And that's something that He's interested in doing. Also, um, uh, you, can, you can ask for wisdom in prayer. So I think a, a lot of the tricky things in life are things that happen like on short notice or surprise. They're kind of surprises or you don't know what's going to happen. You wake up in the morning, you don't know what your child is going to ask you. Right? You don't have no idea. My children, you have no idea. Okay. No idea what they're going to ask. So we have my, two of my granddaughters are staying with us today. That's, Stephanie's not in the building because they forgot to leave us one of the car seats. So <laughs> we couldn't bring the kids to church. And the plan was to have them in here with us. And I said, are you sure? But then God intervened. We don't have a car seat. Okay, so, <clears throat> who knows, they can, they ask, the, you know, it's like that old show in the old time, probably the only one here remembers it. Kids say the, kids say the funniest things or the darndest things, art link letter. Man, I'm reaching into the past. All right, so, uh, wisdom, as you walk through the day, uh, whiz, one of the things that occurred to me this week while doing this, getting ready to talk this morning was, you know what? You could ask for wisdom to identify temptation. You know, sometimes, you know, we got the law, so we know what, we sort of know what to do. We know, I mean, we know, we know what not to do. There's a, there's a lot of clarity about what not to do. And our, you know, from toddlerhood, our parents would be telling us, don't do that. Right? So we have a lot of awareness of what not to do. But what if it's, what if it's what should we do? Like we call these sins of omission. Right. Now, if I'm sitting there and I know I should do something, like like that thing comes that I'm supposed to pray for, and I say, I'm not changing. I mean, this is not about dinner. Okay. Okay, that, that one was easy. That was a miss, right? But I might need more wisdom in other circumstances to see, um, no, I, it, I should say this. How would I know that, that to say anything but that wouldn't be right? Okay, that's wisdom. And that's another thing that in James 1, we get promised that if we ask for wisdom, he grants it without finding fault. Oh, good time for a weekly report. Um, he grants wisdom without finding fault, which I think is one of the best verses in the Bible. Because there's fault to be found. A lot of times when I'm asking for wisdom, it's my own mess. There's fault to be found. But he says he gives wisdom without finding fault. We just have to believe that it's going to happen. And uh, over the years, I'm pretty convinced now. I used to wonder. That's a doubt. I don't, I really don't doubt about those wisdom prayers anymore. So I, so I, but I hadn't thought of this. I could ask for wisdom to identify a temptation. <clears throat> And have that be just as clear to me as something that I know I'm not supposed to do. Uh, okay, praying. See how fast we're going through this recap? Why I didn't want to go back to week one? Okay. What was another thing in the past two weeks? A means God uses to conform us to the image of His Son. What was, it? What was one more thing? Community. Community. What's an example of community? The church, right? So a means God uses is us being together. Let's call it that. We are a member of the universal church while we're walking alone in the woods. What we talk about when we're talking about means is we talk about being with each other. So getting together with uh, other believers, is just being with other believers is a means. Somebody in that room is going to be on their game. We're not all on our game all the time, but you know, in 
Hebrews, I think it is, it says, uh, consider one another as to how to stir up one another to love and good deeds. So one of the things we're always, we're basically always on deck for as fellow believers, brothers and sisters of Christ, is if we is to be paying attention to each other and encouraging each other and you know calling out each other occasionally on something all right how to stir up one another to love and good deeds and uh i mean a lot of stuff we do together or that we talked about already like the word and prayer uh singing you know we sing together how is that you're, you're hearing everybody else sing. In fact, if you're like me, every so often, I enjoy just not singing for a minute, because if you're singing, especially if you have my voice, it's going to detract from what you hear. Okay. <laughs> so, just, I just stop singing. I really enjoy singing, so too bad for the people around me, but <laughs> I, I bet we've all done this. You just stop singing yourself for a second and just listen. It's especially tempting during acapella moments is when it's all just voices, but just any time, and just listen. But those words up there, and uh, the compellingness, somehow the heart-opening effect of the, of the beautiful music, it, the Holy Spirit uses this to, whatever that, those, that's why words, that's why words to me are so important, because I think what's happening there is the Holy Spirit's using the music to open our hearts to the words. And that's what, the, it's the words that are going in and transforming our mind, right? So, um, and then the other thing music does, of course, is in the words and music, you can't get out of your head maybe the rest of the day. I'll find myself singing something we sing on a Sunday morning. Three quarters of the way through the week, I'm still sort of remember singing that song in my head, or remembering that song in my head. Powerful stuff, it only happens when we get together. That is a effect of being in the worship service. Um... What was another thing? Discipline. Church discipline, right? They saved that one for last in the book. (laughs) But it's true. Safety net. I mean, I've seen some people that were going off the rails. They were going off the rails. Oh, now I'm going to catch myself. (laughs) And some brothers or sisters noticed that saw what was happening and intervened and caught it before it blew up. And that's that cannot happen anywhere but in the church setting, really. I mean, you might be lucky enough to have some friend at work who's also a Christian and might intervene on a one-on-one basis, but that's not even church discipline, right? That's just brotherhood, sisterhood. Church discipline could even get extreme. We know those examples in, uh, it's not really extreme, those examples in, in Corinthians where somebody has to be like, hmm, you can't be with us right now because you're just, you're just shaming all of us with this behavior and you're not, you're not following our encouragement, advice, admonishment, whatever you want to call it, to stop doing that. And it, it's, we got, you have to stop doing that. And Paul, you have those those ultimate examples of where people are put outside for a time in order for them to basically experience what they're doing by themselves. Certainly not, certainly without any encouragement of the church except to repent. Nothing from the, all those blessings of being in the church, which back in, the, in those days and even today, I think are a big part of some people's lives, all of our lives as believers. No access to that until you turn this around. We'll talk to you anytime you want about this problem. But please don't come on Sunday morning. Okay, so that can happen. Talked about that. That only happens in church context. There's a couple more means that I found in the recordings. (laughs) What were they? Suffering? Suffering. Suffering. The most fun one of these. <laughs> Actually, that church discipline thing is a way of making suffering happen. But anyway, suffering. Now we're talking about uh, what kind of what would be an example of some suffering in our lives that God would be using to conform us to the image of His Son. Your your family, your children, they're not living the, what you've taught them. Yeah, 
I mean, we're subject to suffering on a lot of fronts, right? Not being able to have fellowship even because somebody doesn't believe in what you believe. Sure, sure. Or you could have, um, I mean, you know, we've, we've been with families who have lost a loved one unexpectedly or even expectedly. Hmm. And they're suffering. It's hurting them. I mean, they knew it was going to happen sooner or later. And they could meet me trying to be stoic about it. But they're suffering. Well, how does, how does, how does the Holy Spirit, how does God use that to conform a believer? If a believer is suffering like that, how does this, how does the Lord use this to conform them to the image of the Son? Well, if I don't get sick, and which I won't because Jesus paid for mine, but and you don't get healed, you don't know the power of healing. If you don't go to suffering, then you won't get something that happened to you, and then God work it out for your own good. Yeah. You don't know the work of God through that suffering and pain. We grow in His yeah. love and His work, the work of His hands. Amen. Yeah, that's a, there's a verse that says all this stuff, bad stuff that happens to you is all for the purpose, God's purpose in your life, in your life. Some of that's, sometimes some of those things, it's kind of hard to believe, but then later <laughs> you see it. You see it. It's actually true, so you will, if you're looking, you're going to see it. Um, and suffering wasn't, I mean, if you're like me, it doesn't take much at all, suffering from a sickness, but say I don't feel well. Yeah. Well, it doesn't take me many minutes at all to think about praying. I mean, it's like the first thing that comes to my mind is, ooh, I don't feel well. I'm praying. And, uh, I mean, I think we talk, if, if someone loses a loved one, it turns, uh, it turns our hearts to God. That's when we realize maybe most deeply our dependence on God is when we are reminded about dying. And we know, well, when, when we die, we got no control over what happens next. You know, it's funny you say that last week I had asked for a prayer request for my oldest daughter who had uh, open, she's going to have to have uh, open heart, open chest mm -hmm. surgery. Anyway, she's, uh, she hadn't talked to me for quite some time, I mean months, because she, she just was angry and bitter about a lot of stuff and sort of it, she let it affect a lot of her relationships sure but uh, what ended up happening was after I prayed about this week she called me out the blue <laughs> and we talked probably two and a half hours I, think. I thought wow uh, yeah <laughs> make me cry in public be careful now yeah. okay, that's awesome. no I know God answered because you came to him with a humble heart and you asked Yes. That humble is in the condition of our heart when we go to pray. That's so much for you. You came humbly and broken to him. And God saw that. And I was sitting there and I knew God heard right there when you were asking, right there, because of your humble heart. Amen. All right. Well, I think uh, there's one other thing. We're, we're about out of recapping time, but don't forget, we are, the other one was communion, the Lord's Supper. And uh, <clears throat> I think we talked about that, or maybe the last week, not the week before. So that's something we're doing together that reminds us of the body and blood of Christ being given for us. Remember his death until he comes. <clears throat> and uh, it's, it's uh, we call it a sacrament. We call it a means of grace, pure and simple, opening, reminding ourselves of what Christ has done for us. The Holy Spirit uses that to conform us to the image of Christ. Just like a dose of something. I don't know what. It's just, it's, you, you're just drawn to Christ in communion. Um, all right. Recap done already. Today we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk the, the blessings we enjoy. I'm going to read this 
to get it right. The blessings we enjoy as we experience sanctification. Okay, so we've talked about sanctification as being, way back, we didn't recap this, but we did just recap part of this idea, suffering. Okay, so suffering doesn't sound any fun. All right, but we've also said that in general, the sanctification process is a struggle. Right? We, are, we basically, we got the Holy Spirit and our flesh and, uh, and us, if that's, you know, the three of us together in our heads and hearts dealing with each other and, and it's, we lose ground, we get discouraged, okay? we get encouraged, we fail. I mean, it's a, we've drawn that chart a few times where you know, we feel like we're gaining ground and then we you know, feel like, wow, we just lost it all back to square one. Okay, so it's a struggle, sanctification. And uh, so today we want to talk about and, and remind each other about it as well. Yeah, it's a struggle, um, but there are blessings for us in it along the way. There are blessings for us in it along the way. It's not all just plain hard work, okay? Or just up and down, fail, succeed, fail, succeed. There's blessings along the way, right? Uh, so we're going to talk about those, what those might be. Uh, so, I mean, the example is, you know, we're, you're, we, we talked about how we're, you know, we're dealing with the world, we're dealing with people, you know, against our own flesh, we're dealing against the, everything we're exposed to and involved in every day in the world, we're, we've got Satan firing the fiery darts, we've talked about, all this does not sound blessing-ish. So what are the blessings along the way? <clears throat> Well, we also tend to think about blessings in the future, right? Like, okay, well, this is, someday this will be over. Someday this will be over, there will be an, have a resurrected body that doesn't have this sinful nature, will be in heaven with God, with, surrounded, will be in a world that doesn't have sin in it, which is hard to imagine. We'll be in a world that doesn't have sin in it. Nothing in, the, nothing in our environment in the new world will be trying to get us to sin. Yay. <laughs> Yay. So I'm predicting a lot fewer billboards. Okay, a lot fewer billboards in the new world. Okay, so... Uh, no commercials. Yeah, yeah. Not, not as many spam emails in the new world. Mm-mm. world a world where we're not constantly being... They're like pulled to sin. Wow. Okay, but that's see that's in the future. That's way off. So that's a great blessing. Being in the presence of Christ, great blessing, but it's all in the future. So what I want to do is think about the blessings that are along the way. So before, between now and then, what are the blessings of this of being of being involved in the sanctification process? Um, it's kind of like, uh, and it, there should be some, right? And it kind of makes sense. Um, the an example, actually, the book uses example, and I related to it, because uh, did anybody in here like to go hiking? Hiking. Okay, almost everybody in here likes to go hiking. Okay, so hiking is like this. So my kids joined the Boy Scouts, and I had four boys spread out over a lot of years. So I spent 18 years in the Boy Scouts. <laughs> and uh, I always liked camping, so I was involved. I went on a lot of campouts. And... Most of these campouts, what we were going to do was backpack somewhere. Backpack somewhere that when you got there was going to be kind of interesting. But getting there was going to be work. It's going to be work. So you can put on a heavy pack and you're going uphill. For some reason, all the trails are uphill in Tennessee. And you're going uphill. And uh, you know that at the top, in fact, this, and we, we continue to do this to this day. Last summer, summer before last, we, 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 we always go someplace on the 4th of July with all our kids and our grandkids. And we went to this place called Bearwaller Mountain in North Carolina. And it was, the place we were staying was on the side of the mountain. And the hike you're supposed to do is up this mountain. And at the top, it's bald. And you can see 50 miles in all directions. Okay, So we knew when we got to the top of this hill, it was going to be awesome. We brought, we were bringing picnic lunches. But it was uphill the whole way. Okay. And, uh, but was it no fun all the way up 
Only but the, at the top, I confess, it was awesome. We sat at our lunch, you could see for miles, there were some cows up there, <coughs> randomly eating. And a uh, bunch of antennas. But was it no fun at all, the hike up this hill? No, it was fun. I mean, first of all, we weren't having to hike real fast. Those Boy Scouts were always going so fast, and I'd have to keep up. <laughs> but uh, my, some of my grandkids are only like three, so they're not going that fast. Plus, they're running in circles <laughs> on the trail. And they're like playing a game where they hop from rock to rock instead of just climbing up the trail. And I'm loving This is just pure fun. So I'm not having to work that hard. I can't keep up with these kids if they're going to go in circles like that. Great time. And we're done talking to my kids. We don't get together that much. And, you know, we're not out of breath because we're not hiking that hard. So we're, we're enjoying the, the trip up the side of the mountain. It's fun. Every so often you'd get, there'd be a fair spot in the trees and you could see, see some of the view you were going to see later. See a little bit of the view. Anyway, so going along the way, <clears throat> even though nominally this was an uphill battle, we we're going to have some blessings. Um, <clears throat> all right, so what are some of those blessings? Paul Harvey, page two. Again, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Paul Harvey. I'm with you. Any Paul Harvey fans? Yes. Okay. Yes. Any Paul Harvey fans? At the end of the story. Okay. If you like Paul Harvey, there's a guy named Mike Rowe who really likes Paul Harvey and he worked it out. He got he actually got permission from the estate of Paul Harvey to kind of do the thing. And he has it's a podcast. It's pretty interesting. It tells a story about you know a person going through a certain thing is he the dirty jobs guy he's the dirty jobs guy <laughs> he's also a he's also an acapella like barbershop choir singer and he's a very interesting person but anyway the uh uh this podcast you have to go back now it's, it's not the same anymore he's changed it but the, for the first couple of years worth of these podcasts it's like Pollard. i digress so what are some of the blessings of our sanctification journey what are the blessings of holiness in this life? What are the blessings of sinning less and less in this life? Let's give that a thought for a minute. You start to feel more confident. You, you get a little bit more mature. You know, you start to have uh, better relationships with people. There better relationships with people. Better relations. Let's start with that one. Better relationships with people. Not necessarily with everybody. Not necessarily with everybody, but with some. But with some people, like if you're, if you think about con, con, what we talked about, with what does it mean to be conformed to the image of Christ? What does it look like in a person? We've talked about these things called the fruit of the spirit, mm -hmm. right? So love, joy, peace, patience. Yeah, you get, you can actually deal with people you didn't really want to talk to before. <laughs> so. It's a blessing to know someone like that, isn't it? Mm. It's a blessing to know someone like that. Um, so now that's not a that may you know being a person like that. Uh, I think we'll talk about that. It's blessings of its own. The more we ourselves to us, the more we are like that. But it certainly is a blessing to those around us for us to be more and more like Christ. Isn't it? They might not appreciate it, <laughs> but some, but it will be all right. Um, I mean, we've talked about joy, for example, joy and happy. What what what? See, how does less and less sin translate to more and more joy? Right, sinning robs us of our joy. Sinning, in fact, it gets called grieving the Holy Spirit, who is on board with us. And when, when we sin, and then the Holy Spirit convicts us, that's like, hmm, that, that's not a joyful experience. It robs us of our, sin robs us of our joy. But, so if we sin less, we will be more joyful on average, according to my math. Okay? According to math, we'll be more joyful on average if we're sinning less. Just like that... <clears throat> 
Uh, there's, there's Psalm 19. Now we're going to crack our Bibles open. Psalm 19, and then I'm going to speed up. Hundred and nineteen. No. Oh, it says nine. No, it is nineteen. That's right. Because there's a song that goes like this from the seventies. Psalm nineteen. Seven through eleven. Who'd like to read that for us all? Raise your hand. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey are the drippings of the honeycomb. Is that where you want me to stop? Uh, verse 11, one more verse. Okay. Moreover by them thy servant is warned. In keeping them there is a great reward. Amen. Amen. So this is talking about, uh, well this is a list of blessings by the way from being conscious and thinking about and, and, and obeying the law of the Lord. And then at the end it says, in keeping them there is great reward. Well, now we know. What, what, what reward is that? Well, it's not salvation, because no one is saved by obeying the law. Right? So it's not the great reward is not salvation. So what is it? In keeping them there is great reward. I mean, I think within it lists some of those things. It's enlightening, you know, enlightening, sweeter than. I mean, it, some of this is just talking about enjoying the law, Comfort making wise the simple. Make you know, I mean, some of the some blessings are listed right here. Comforting the soul. Comforting the soul. Comforting the soul. Yeah. Make us wise in Him. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and when we sin, I've heard people say, "What is what is the basic idea of sin?" The basic idea of sin is not believing that what God says is best is really best for me right now. Right? Here I have like the dinner table. What about your cousin in the hospital? That is not about dinner. Okay. So I'm thinking, I mean, if you're getting prompted to pray about something, that, is, <laughs> that cannot be anything but God. Right? That cannot be anything but the Holy Spirit. There's only one person that prompts you to pray about something. So that is the Holy Spirit reminding me to pray about something. And I'm going, God, I don't think so. Now it's not, what am I saying? Now's not the right time, sir. <laughs> That's what sin is like that. Sin is us thinking what we have in mind is better than what God has in mind right now. For some reason, we're just talking ourselves it's stupid, but it's our flesh. Okay, it's it's like that, and so if we if we it's going to rob us of our joy. It's the minute I do it, I regret it. So the less I do that kind of thing, the the, <coughs> the less I'm going to go through that little. Joy robbing, convicting sequence. And the less I might have to confess it. Which is also no fun, right? So the uh, so we have this this uh, joy and happiness that is potentially there all the time. <coughs> and if we sin, we take ourselves out of that for a little bit. So if we sin less, we we will have more joy and happiness. Just math promised in scripture beyond math promised in scripture i mean <clears throat> okay i'll save this example for another one the 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 uh we're so it's running out of time we already talked about the author called this beauty and i would have never thought of this this is a good reason to read other people's thinking about what the bible teaches us about whatever 
is they'll think of something I would have never thought of. And they, this guy, the author of our book over there in Scotland, he thought of it, he called it beauty. Called it beauty. But we touched on it earlier when we said, what's it like to be around a person who is, is, is exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit? Isn't that, a, isn't that a beautiful person? Don't you just love people like that? Okay. The author even says that if we are walking with the peace that passes understanding and in the joy of our salvation, that we'll actually look better. <laughs> I said, well, I could use that. All right. I'll give that a try then. Okay. Yeah, because we're not frowning. We're not angry. We're not worried. We'll look better. Some of it just can't be helped on. It's only so far you can get. No, I'm not going to try makeup. All right. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's a blessing. And uh, usefulness. Usefulness. Utility. That sounds... What? what? Usefulness. What am I getting at? I think when you when you're in the will of God and you're trying to, to be more sensitive to his leading, um, then you start to see things where you actually uh, can be useful. Yeah. Yeah, think about one of, our, one of our main, we talked about it earlier, here we are together, why are we together? We're, to, we're together to, to basically to serve each other, to, con, to consider one another. My brother used to say that word consider in Greek or whatever means like, like kneel down and study something on the ground. Like really think about it. And uh, so if we're off the tracks, are we doing that? Are we being helpful to anybody? Less likely, right? Less likely. So, as, uh, as, as, as we are more and more walking in the Spirit, we're more and more... I mean, some of those fruits of the Spirit were kind of for us, but some of them were for the people around us. Usefulness. I mean, why is there a church on earth? The body of Christ is, is to do the work of Christ in, in the world today, right? Uh, we're, uh, I probably wanted to look up some scripture here. Maybe later. It was. It was. Uh, <clears throat> it's uh, key to us uh, getting done what we are here for: the work of God in our families, in the church, in the neighborhoods, in our workplaces. We're more likely to be <clears throat> useful to God. Even having a better attitude, just be willing. Yeah, seeing things that need to be done. Like you said, seeing things that need to be done. Uh, yes, ma'am. This is kind of the opposite side. Um, mm -hmm. I have often heard non-Christians say, oh, they're so heavenly minded, they're of no earthly good. Could happen, can't it? Yeah. Well, if we're not paying attention to our neighbors, we might miss a pretty good opportunity. If we're, if we're, if we're I think... That criticism is probably very often very well founded because if we're uh, if we think we're saving ourselves by being uh, good behavior or by not playing cards or whatever, then we're going to come off to other people as holier than thou and good luck for you, good luck to you, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like the opposite of our mission. To to say that to say that we're all being that says we're being saved by works and mine are getting there and yours are not, right? Oh my gosh! That's like poisoning the well of the town. That's the total opposite message of Christianity. Anyway, so that's, I think, so our usefulness, uh, the more and more we're walking in the Spirit, the more and more we're uh, a part, we're doing, going to be doing our part as a piece of, part of the body of Christ on this earth, whether within us or in the world around us. Right? So usefulness, and just think of the impact. That example, that this example of somebody being holier than thou, is an example of the impact, say, of a Christian who is sinning. What if a believer is sinning? It's it's not only it's it's destructive to the mission of the believer, right? 
I mean, it's it could be it could be it could be uh, undermining the reputation of Christ. Well, we want to do that less and less. There's something we want to do less and less. All right. I feel like when my kids were growing up, that would happen. I would not admit that I had made a mistake. I had obviously made a mistake. This would, I know you may find it hard to believe, but I would make mistakes almost every day. And uh, with five kids, somebody's going to notice. It's not going to go unnoticed. All right? And so I'd get a, I'd get a, I mean, it would, it, the kid would, you know, point this out. Not, not like that, but it would be something that hurt them. I'm talking about, you know, how kids are something that hurt them, and they'd, they'd be crying about it. And I'd be like, okay, well, you know, sometimes these things happen. I wouldn't be admitting my mistake. I was too proud to admit my mistake. It's another big mistake, right? And uh, was I, was I serving them? No. So was it, what was my usefulness? <sighs> Not there that time. Not there. Missing. Missing in action that time. Missed an opportunity to minister to my own kids. So, usefulness. The more sanctified they are, the more we're walking with the Spirit, the less we're sinning, the more likely I would have prayed that morning for wisdom. And when my kid asked me about that, I would have seen the thing I should do. And it would have been a whole different outcome. I would have been useful. As it was, God was going to have to take care of this some other way because I wasn't there. So, usefulness. Uh, Romans 8, 14 through 16. This is a different one. We're switching subjects now. Different benefit along the way. Different blessing. A different gift from God coming to us because we're involved in this sanctification thing he's doing. Romans 8, 14 through 16. Did any of y'all used to have Bible drills when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. I had quite an upbringing. Okay, I'm, God was so good. <laughs> you did? Had Bible drills? Mm-hmm. Romans 8, 14 through 16. Who would like to read that? All right, here we go. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So if you're ever having an off day, this would be a place to go read to me. This is so the bit the the blessing we're gonna I'm gonna call this blessing assurance. Assurance is a blessing that we get because of the Holy Spirit working in our hearts. See, but what's the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, some of this then goes on to those future blessings. But what I wanted to zoom back from and look at here is the current blessing of assurance. That's. <laughs> You know, when you fail as a Christian, and I think we've talked about this maybe on week one when somebody asked the question, I mean, how do you know you're saved? Like, if you're sinning all the time, are you just not saved? And, well, you might not be. Okay, that's true. But, who convicts of sin? Now, if you're just feeling guilty because of what your parents taught you, which is how the world works, okay, that could be it. But if it's the Holy Spirit convicting you of sin, well, he, he, unless you're just about to be saved, I mean, who does he do that with? 
people who are about to be saved and the rest of the Christians, the believers. Right. So that 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 conviction of sin is 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 like okay, an indication. And then I think maybe also we talked about how he works in the word. Look up this scripture and read it to yourself and see what happens in your heart. See what happens in your heart when you read this scripture to yourself. Sheldon, that was the scripture that the Holy Spirit used to bring me to salvation because I, he made me understand from that one scripture that I didn't know Jesus Christ. Oh, amen. I knew amen. about him. And so therefore... But was he your Abba Father? God I didn't have... I, I told them... I prayed and asked him to save me right there with right Mr. Croson. And Mr. Croson said, Now, Miss Hall, are you saved? And I said, No. First time in my life I had ever said that. I said, yeah. No, I'm not. And he said, I think maybe you're expecting fireworks. I said, No, I want that. Yeah. And I don't have that. And three years later, yeah. I did. But it... <laughs> That's how it started. That gap. You say, well, I don't. I read that verse, nothing happens, right? If you read that verse and it doesn't do something, then read it. Keep reading it, right? Yeah. Keep reading it, and think about where that, what God's saying there is. Uh, and our assurance is one of the most. I mean, I've. Some say, assurance is the difference between Christianity and all other religions, essentially. Okay, that it exists. Because if you're a workspace, you it's really hard to get a shirt. You basically, you just have to keep trying and hope the hope you get the scales good enough on the last day, right? So it's there's no freedom in that. And the the, the uh, assurance is so encouraging, and just knowing that God is our Daddy, our Abba Father. Okay. And you feel Him walking with you. My uh, brother, you probably haven't met my brother. He's coming. He's coming. I found out. <laughs> uh, has a pretty good sermon. It's in the midst of us. I can't remember what book. But uh, about our the Abba Father thing. Like, is that is our, and it's really from this verse. So maybe it was a Roman series. That is our power over, that is our power over temptation, over doubt, over uh, discouragement, over, it's over the devil, those fiery darts, the Mr. Bad trying to, to get to us, coming up with the opposite idea, like that has nothing to do with dinner. Okay. The, uh, uh, he cannot touch us. Nobody can touch us because God is our Abba Father. We are the adopted children of the God. So we don't have to fear. How much do we do that's just fear of embarrassment, like me not doing what I need to do with my kid because I didn't want to be embarrassed by the fact that I'd screwed up? I didn't have to, I don't have to worry about being embarrassed. That's, that's, I'm, uh, I, I can, I don't have to avoid anything that I need to do. I don't have to avoid anything that I need to do. The Holy Spirit uh, says you need to do this. Doesn't sound it sounds a little scary to me. I don't need to fear. I need to walk with him. Okay. All right. So now we're almost out of time. There's one other thing. Let's look up Second Corinthians five seventeen through twenties. It's right over there to the right. Second Corinthians five seventeen through twenty. <clears throat> Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself 
and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And then, let's go over to Matthew 5. Sorry, Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Who would like to read that? Um, okay, thank you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. God's glory. Seeing God glorified. That's a blessing that happens in this life. Don't have to wait till heaven to see God glorified. In fact, it's a purpose of us being here is that God would be seen in us. We, why are we being conformed to the image of Christ? So that Christ is visible to to other Christians and to the world. So the light can shine. So the light shines. Mm -hmm. And so God being glorified is right here on this earth now <clears throat> is a product of our sanctification. And how is that a blessing to us? How is that a blessing to us to see? Well, we're God's children. We're God's children. And so when God is glorified, we think that's awesome. <laughs> think about, like, okay, my, my, uh, my, I have a son in the army and he's about to get promoted. Now I'm his, I'm his old man, and uh, when that happens, I, I am so proud. Okay? That's, I'm just like, wow. He did it. I mean, I, I, I did this. My part in that was worn off a long time ago. That is, but I'm proud from that. And, if it, and I'm thinking about when my dad got promoted when I was a 10-year-old boy. That was so cool. Some ceremony, flags, and saluting. My dad apparently had done something awesome. It was great. When God's glorified, that's a blessing to us. We just I mean to, to be a part of that. I have several friends, and you probably do too, who are on the field, mission field. Okay? And sometimes I think of praying for them that God would let them see some results. Some of them are in like Muslim... John Schroeder is in Bangladesh, a Muslim country. And the church is not growing like a church in Houston or whatever. Okay? It's slow. So I would pray that they would see some results. And really, what is a result of the of it's 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 another voice praising God every so often. It's another person added to the body of Christ praising God who he really is. That's that's the result. And it's such a blessing. You just pull one more person out of hell. <laughs> ah, to the right road. So, I mean, I think we can pray that God would do the same for us. I mean, I'm, I'm praying for my missionary friends because I'm thinking they're out there and it's a total uphill battle. But uh, we're actually on the mission field here. And it's a total uphill battle. Right? So, pr 
praying that God would be, I mean, I think that's a prayer we can pray. That we can see God glorified by someone, another person believing, hearing and believing. God's glory. <clears throat> All right. Well, now we've gone over. It's time to close in prayer. Are there any uh, questions, though? Now that I pressurized you, that not ask any questions? <laughs> Sorry about that. Bad teaching technique. I need to get David in here to coach me again. All right. So, what did, what did we miss? What else is a blessing in this life come to us because of the being involved in sanctification? For me, as a, as a man, you know, I look at maturity level, of, of my own maturity level, I see. And when I'm not with the Lord, I'm not talking with Him, I'm not growing, I, I feel like, what did you do the last 10 years? Mm -hmm. You know? But with the Lord on my side, I see the maturity, I see the growth, I see the, the man growing gray hair and becoming wise, and, and I love that. me, I see the love of God is in me that cast out anger, greed, proud, all the things that cause me sin, and to be more compassionate. And I'll come to somebody's doing so much wrong, not to criticize, hey, I was it, not to judge. So I see that the love of God that is working in me and to have a peace. That's, that's awesome. And you know, I, we talk, and it's you know what it is. It's it's also the encouragement of seeing the change in ourselves brought along by the Holy Spirit. It's so encouraging. And you know, the thing about encouraging is it can be kind of a you know upward spirally type thing where you know where we believe it more. Like what, what you know, like we talked about what is a way of understanding sin is us believing there for a few minutes that uh, are we got a better idea than God, right? But if we have more and more experience that God's ideas actually is better, then we're, we're more resistant to that temptation of promoting our own idea instead. Aren't we? So there's that encouragement, that noticing His work in our hearts actually fuels more work in our hearts. And, yeah, and give me the understanding. My Lord suffered. Am I better than my Lord? <laughs> Am I? Yeah. He suffered for me. I have to suffer for my family, for neighbors, mm -hmm. my others. That's how Jesus mm -hmm. is. For, if you love me, carry your problem, carry your cross. Mm -hmm. That suffering and those things that comes, cherish them is or cross to the glory of God mm -hmm. Almighty. So, uh, so no, I'm, I'm not better than my Lord. I have to go through those things with thanksgiving and God giving me the strength, giving me your strength to go through. Mm -hmm. Sheldon, I believe my greatest blessing has been, and I'm sure for all of us, but when I think about the here on earth blessing, it is to know him and the that scripture set means, my, my understanding is that word to know means intimately. Mm -hmm. and, In the heart. Mm -hmm. And as we go through this process, as he takes us through it and shows us his faithfulness mm -hmm. and wraps his arms around us and we're so secure, we're assured, mm -hmm. it, it's just, he's our best friend mm -hmm. besides being our our head and mm -hmm. our bridegroom mm -hmm. and you know he's he's mm -hmm. everything to us and yeah. it's just um, overwhelming it is I have to give you this word of testimony you said you didn't know him I loved him I grew up as a Muslim so this is the word of testimony so when I came to United States in 1972 I love God God Almighty so much I would go to church because I knew you worship the same God but I didn't believe, we didn't believe in Jesus, Son of God. We believe it was virgin birth, we believe. Mm -hmm. We didn't they believe that he died on a cross because I was taught. On a cross, God loved him. He made his enemy become like him, mm -hmm. but he raptured him, mm -hmm. but he didn't die. 
So he didn't go anywhere. It was his enemy when he got So so when I would go to the and I was going to the Baptist church, I don't know where always there. And I was going Saturday and Sunday from Wednesday and fellowship a fellowship I would go. But each time they said, Jesus, Son of God, I would close my ears. <laughs> and I said, God, they forgive them. They don't know. They don't know. And each time at the end of service, they would play just as I am. And the people that were pushing me to go to the altar, I said, no, because I didn't believe it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. go. Until the government changed my country in Iran, the Khomeini, which I call him Antichrist. And then he went there. Then I started seeking for truth. Mm-hmm. I said, God, show me about this Jesus. Mm-hmm. I know you. I saw your miracle as a Muslim. I saw blanket in their eyesight because their faith, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, but I want to know Jesus. What is the truth? It took me two years. I would cry. He made me hungry to read the Bible. I would read. I wouldn't understand, but I would cry. Each time I read, I would, my heart was broken, I would read. After two years, and I said, God, you keep saying you like Israel. I want to go see where is this Jerusalem that you love. He made me to go. And when he met, I went go, the only one could show me the truth about Jesus was the Father. And then when I was in an airplane from New York to Tel Aviv, God called my name and he said, ask people to seek Jesus. And it, it took two years, it didn't come any mm-hmm. process, and oh, because my faith in Muslim was strong, mm-hmm. and it gradually, because my son said, Mommy, do you know you are Jews, Muslim, Christian, what are you? I said, I am sick. God will take everything is not of him away, mm-hmm. and he plant that one that he spawns with color in me, and that's where Jesus grow. And so, you didn't know him, I didn't believe him as a son of God. Now mm-hmm. I know the Trinity. Mm-hmm. I believe, I know he is the way. Mm-hmm. I know he is the way to the truth, the one way. Because of him, I know the Father better. And because of the Father, he made me to know the Son. So it's all one. So that's my testimony. Thank you. <laughs> as you Thank you, that's very encouraging. Mm-hmm. That is very Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Okay, let let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the time you gave us here this morning in your word together. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit and this work you're doing of conforming us to the image of your Son. Thank you for saving each of us miraculously, Lord, putting in our hearts a conviction of sin, a desire to to understand you, Lord, and then the faith to believe in Christ and what he did for us and that finished work. Lord, I pray that you would sanctify each of us, Lord, give us wisdom to see our sin before we do it, and Lord, avoid it. And Lord, make us more like Christ so that we might be more useful, so we might glorify you even in this world, Uh, Lord. Thank you for these blessings we've talked about today. In Jesus' name, amen.